that the Vietnamese son is the last and final prophet and messenger, that one has to have adal and akhlaq. A person can understand that just by basics. But if she says that I want profound knowledge of Quran, then in order to get that profound knowledge, you have to do much more effort. Much more effort. کیونکہ بیان عورتوں کے لیے ہے میں اپنا کرسی کا رخ اس طرف کروں گا تاکہ میں عورتوں کی طرف پسند جاؤں کیونکہ عورتوں کا مجمع کافی ہے اور وہ جنگ سے then you cannot find that just by reading a translation. You will have to get that hidayah from the people who have that hidayah, means we have to get that hidayah from the muttaqeen mufassireen of Qur'an. Now you will find in this world that for everything when we take a teacher, we want to have the best teacher, the most robust teacher, the most intelligent teacher. Even when the mothers go to a school and they look at the first grade, they look at the teacher and they want that even my first grade child who's going to study what? First grade math, first grade English, very baby subjects, but she wants that it should be the best teacher, the most intelligent teacher, the most qualified teacher, the most experienced teacher. When children go up and graduate and they go to university, then what do they want? They want, I want to go with the best professors. If I told them that it's okay, you can read the economics textbook on your own, they would say, what's the point of going to university then? If I'm supposed to read the textbook on my own, that's only going to grant me one level of knowledge of economics. I want to go deep. I want to get a full degree. I may want to get a master's. I may even want to get a PhD. So in that case, I need professors of economics. And I need the most intelligent one, the most educated one, the most published one, the most scholarly one. Just like that then, if we want to have the best teachers for first grade, the best teachers for university, the best PhD supervisor, don't you think that we should try to find the best professors of Qur'an? That will bring us to an altogether new level of understanding the meanings of Qur'an. That is called learning Qur'an from Muttaqi Muqassirin. And the entire history of this ummah, all of the ulama of every single strand, all used to refer to the classical, authentic works of the Muqassirin. Even the Muhdithin used to sit and learn Qur'an from Muqassirin. Even the Pukaha used to sit and learn Qur'an from Muqassirin. So even if great scholars of Islam, they also used to learn from teachers known as Muqassirin. So then if me and you want to go deep in the meaning of Qur'an, get the real Hidayah which is redundant Muttaqeen, we have to learn from Muttaqeen Muqassirin. <coughs> if we were to try to do that, that would take three, four, five years. 
The first thing in Quran is the words of Quran, Al-Fad Quran. Second thing is the meanings of Quran, Ma'ani Quran. Third thing is the feelings of Quran. Feelings of Quran. This is the most important aspect of Quran al-Karim. That we have to get the feelings of Quran. Always remember Allah did not send Quran down just to recite. And people look at when they say that. That this book is not just for Tilawah. However, I would go further. That not only did Allah not send the Quran just for mere recitation, similarly, exactly, equally, Allah did not send the Quran just for mere translation. The reason Quran al-Karim has been revealed was to change our heart, to inspire our heart. Allah is teaching us in Quran how to feel the right feelings. Now look at Sahaba Ikram. The best example to give that translation is not enough. Is Sahaba Ikram themselves were native speakers of the Arabic dialect of the Quraysh in which Allah revealed Quran as Allah himself says the Quran is in the Quran al-Arabiya. Now who is going to be reciting this Arabic Quran to those Arab Sahaba? Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself. Allah says in Quran, that indeed Allah sent his special grace, favor, blessing on the believers when he sent to them a Nabi from their own selves, from their own midst to do what? Number one, alayhim <coughs> So to recite to them the verses of Revelation. Now the Sahaba don't even need translation because they know Arabic and the Prophet was reciting Quran and Arabiyah. But that's not enough for deen. It's not enough to know the words. Allah tells the Prophet you have to do three more things. To recite unto them the Quran and Arabiya to the people who understand the Arabic perfectly. And when you zakki him, Ya Allah, but they understand Quran, they know translation. It should be enough for their tazkiyah. Allah says in the Quran, no, it's not enough. Even if they're Sahaba, even if they're in the Sub of Nabi Kareem, sallam, even if they know the Arabic of Quran, Still, when you zakki him, Nabi Akrim will have to do their tazkiyah, will have to do another effort. Not just words of Quran will be enough, not just meanings of Quran will be enough, because Sahaba understood the meanings when the Prophet recited it. Wordings and meanings are not enough, and Quran is establishing that. If it wasn't enough for Sahaba, surely it's not enough for me and you. When you zakki him, Nabi Akrim will do tazkiyah. What does that mean? You will teach them how to feel the right feelings, purify their heart from impure feelings, put in their heart the feelings of Iman, feeling of love for Allah, feeling of taqwa, feeling of tawakkul, feeling of khashiya, feeling of hope, feeling of ikhlas, all the feelings of Iman, will you zakki him. Then, once their heart has the right feelings, and they have the wordings, and they have the meanings, Arabic meaning, or you can say translation, if you will. Then, And now the vehicle is someone teach them the deep meanings. Deep meanings of Qur'an. Then, hikmah. And even in addition to the deep meanings of Qur'an, Allah will reveal in the heart of the Prophet another set of knowledge called hikmah, what later we call sunnah. And the Prophet will teach the Sahaba the deep meanings of that also. So in order to be guided according to the true sunnah, 
True sunnah means to be guided by every single aspect of the prophethood and prophecy, of the nabuwa, of Sayyidina Rasulullah that Allah Ta'ala mentioned in Qur'an to be part of that nabuwa. We have to, yes, be able to recite the word properly. Yes, we have to know the meanings of the words. That's there in the Liyatu Ayatihi. Second, we have to do our tazkiyah to understand this Qur'an. We have to get spiritually purified to understand this Qur'an. And we have to be formally trained in tazkiyah. Like the Prophet formally trained when you zakkihim. He was the muzakki of sahaba. This is the method outlined in the Qur'an and the method practiced by the Prophet and Sunnah that people need to be formally have their tazkiyah done. And then, and then we have to formally learn the deep, intricate meanings of Qur'an from the Muttaqim, Mufassireen, and then Wal-Hikmah. And we have to learn the deep meanings of Hadith from the Muhaddithin. Same thing there. It's not enough just to read a translation of the Hadith. We have to see what the ulama wrote in the commentaries of Hadith so we get the deep meanings of Hadith. When a person does these four things, then they will get the feelings of Qur'an. And that is the third thing. That the real reason Allah Ta'ala sent down Qur'an was to change how we feel, to put feelings in our heart. Now, <coughs> what is one of those major feelings? That if we get that feeling, master feeling, core feeling, that if we get that feeling, then we'll be able to get all the feelings of Qur'an. Let me give you an example. All of us, we know the words of Surah Al-Fatiha. And we know the meanings of Surah Al-Fatiha. But how many of us can say that every time we pray Salah, in every rakah, we feel the feelings of Surah Al-Fatiha? Even you just take one line, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Even just the first two words, Alhamdulillah. We say it, yes. We recite it, yes. Maybe some of us recite it with Tajweed, yes. Do we know the translation, i.e. the meaning? Yes. All of us know the meaning of Alhamdulillah. How many of us can say that when I say it in Salah, my heart is feeling the feeling of praise for Allah Ta'ala. My heart is overflowing with hum for Allah Ta'ala. I'm offering heartfelt praise. I'm praising Allah Ta'ala from the bottom of my heart. And every rakah, every time I say it, again I feel that feeling. Why? Because the Feeling of Fatah changes. Just a few seconds later, we will say Maliki Yawmiddin. Again, we all know the words, all know the pronunciation, all know the translation, all know the meaning. But that's a totally different feeling in the heart. The feeling we have in our heart when we say Alhamdulillahi is different than the feeling that should be in our heart when we say Maliki Yawmiddin. Different feeling. Most people, their feelings don't change even though the words and the meanings of Qur'an change. So this year in Ramadan, we should make this intention, that Ya Allah, Alhamdulillah, maybe I've heard that there are many women who are good in their pronunciation of Qur'an, a lot of halak of tajweed, maybe they even have already gone through the line-by-line, word-for-word translation of Qur'an. Now we have to learn how to feel Qur'an. And even some of us, we may not even yet know all the translation and meaning of Qur'an, at least the translation and meaning you know already, try to feel the feelings, that's the more important task. I would rather you learn how to feel the feeling of Surah Fatiha than for me to sit here and just keep translating for you at fast speed and translate one just for you in two hours. 
It won't benefit you that much. Because the benefit comes, the hidayah comes, when you feel it. And if you don't feel it, it's just intellectual knowledge. It's just academic knowledge. It's linguistic knowledge, if you know the translation. Hidayah comes when our life is according to the feelings of Qur'an. It's the same thing in Hadith. I'll give you an example. Sayyidina Rasulullah, he tells the Lord some, he said, that be in this world like a stranger or a traveler on the path. Now look to how the Saba responds. The Saba did not. He didn't he didn't think the words were important. That's why they write Hadith. You think Sayyidina Abu Rayla, he came back the next day, Ya Sosam, look, I wrote it down. And I can recite it back to you. No. If he had done that, the Prophet would have said, Ya Abu Huraira, give me that piece of paper. Put it away. Don't give me my words back to me. I said those words to you for a reason. Bring me that life that is lived with a feeling such that your heart feels that you're a stranger in this world or traveler on the path. I didn't say that to you just for dictation, that you know the words. I didn't say that to you just for translation, that you say I understood the meaning. No, I said that to you to create a feeling in you. Bring me that feeling. That's called sunnah. The muhaddithin used to call those people sahib sunnah Sahib sunnah What is that? Sahib sunnah is that person who has the feelings of the hidden. <coughs> so same thing about Qur'an, same thing about the the words and the meanings are just a suburb, a zariya, a gateway, a portal to get the feelings. And on the Day of Judgment, the examination will be on the feelings. If there is a woman on the Day of Judgment that she has the feeling of love for Allah subhanahu but she may not actually be able to translate every ayah of Qur'an where he mentions his love. And there's another woman, she can translate every ayah where Allah mentions his love but her heart doesn't actually feel that intense love for Allah I think all of you know which one is going to be beloved to Allah on the Day of Judgment. It's a day of feelings. Quran is a book of feelings. The Sunnah is the teaching of feelings. We have to get the feelings of Quran al-Kareem and the feelings of the Hadith of the Prophet in our heart. I'll give you another example. Sometimes people tell me that, no, no, you don't understand. I want to learn the meanings and translation so that I can understand what the Imam is saying in Taraweeh. I say, okay, that's a, what, in and of itself, it's a wonderful goal. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying don't stop there. Don't think mission accomplished. Why? Because you already knew the meaning of Surah Fatiha, right? You knew the translation, and the Imam recited it so many times, you say, last year I didn't know the meaning. Okay, so last year you prayed Taraweeh, and you had not yet learned the translation of meaning of Quran. But you knew the translation and meaning of Fatiha, and that happened every rakah out loud 20 times. Did your heart melt in every rakah of Fatiha? Fatiha is enough to melt your heart. And if the answer is no, then it means that, okay, maybe I have to learn the meanings also of the rest of the Quran, that's one issue. But what am I going to do about that part of the Quran that I already know the meanings, and it's not making any effect on me? Now, Surah Fatiha can't melt your heart. You go ahead and learn the whole translation of Surah Baqarah, and that will be recited, that's already been recited in two nights. Did that melt your heart? How will that melt your heart if your heart is immune to Fatiha? Huh? It's not possible. Not possible. I'll give you Dalil from Sahih Adil, from the Sahih of Bukhari, the Sahih of Muslim. 
What did Nabi Kareem Sassam tell us? What are we supposed to be doing in Salah? In the Salah of Taraweeh, Nabi Kareem Sassam said that you should have Asaf. What is Asaf? To be deeply thinking about the translation? To be erupting the Urdu translation in your mind? No, no. Asaf. That you should worship Allah Ta'ala with a feeling. With a feeling, that's the purpose of Salah. To feel a feeling. What feeling? The feelings of the meanings? No. The feeling that you're seeing Allah. That's the highest level of Salah. That's the goal. It has nothing to do with the meaning. In fact, if you were, although we did not to happen literally, but if a person could see Allah Ta'ala, in Qadari Salah, you would forget what the Imam is reciting. Yes. You would be so overwhelmed by that. You would be transported to another feeling altogether. You would not be aware even what the Imam is reciting. Even the ulama, even Mufassirin, <coughs> who understand the meaning and depth of the verse, they will be lost in that if they are able to see Allah Ta'ala. <coughs> so the Bible is teaching us. He taught us. He is our guide. That's called Sunnah. What did he tell me I should be feeling in Salah? Did he tell me I should be remembering the academic tafsir? I'm telling you, I know tafsir. I've taught entire tafsir of I don't try in Salah to recall all the tafsir in the Imam is reciting. No, that's an academic activity. That's outside Salah. Inside Salah, Salah is not an act of ilm. Salah is an act of ibadah. So I go to Sunnah. What did my Prophet tell me? That's what I try to do in Salah. That you should worship Allah Taala as if you're able to see Him. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that you imagine the sower. Nobody can do any sower. Allah Taala is beyond any and every sower. You cannot imagine what Allah looks like. No. What instead you're imagining is you imagine that what would my heart feel like if I were to see Allah Taala. You can take another way. What would my heart imagine? How would my heart feel when in Jannah, inshallah, I get to see Allah Ta'ala and His promise in Sahih? So, however you imagine your heart would feel if you were to see Allah Ta'ala in Jannah, feel the same feeling right now in Salah. That's your duty in Salah. It's not an academic thing. It's not an ilmi thing. You're supposed to feel that feeling. Then the Bible continued in that Sahih If you can't do that, that if you're not able to feel the feeling that you would have felt were you to see Allah Ta'ala, then feel another feeling that you know that Allah is looking at you. Focus on that. That's what you should be doing in Salah. Feeling how? Feeling that my Allah Ta'ala is looking at me. What? That's the purpose of Salah. Now yes, sometimes the meanings of Qur'an Definitely will help you to get that feeling. But the end goal is that feeling. To understand clearly from the Quran and Sunnah of the Bhagavad our deen is about feelings. Feel the feelings. Now, <coughs> given that we understand this now, that we were supposed to get Asan in Salah. So, how do we get Asan? It's not the translation. So, what effort can we do now? What's the effort that we can do to increase our feeling of ihsan in salah? That is called the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why Allah tells us in Quran, وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَاةَ بِذِكْرِ That establish salah for my zikr. 
person who does amal on this ayah and makes the zikr of Allah Ta'ala in their salah, they will have a better chance of getting the feeling of asal in their salah. How are we going to make zikr of Allah Ta'ala inside our salah? It's very simple. For that, also Allah Ta'ala has given us an ayah. Ya ayyuhalladzina amunu Ya ayyuhalladzina amunu Kurullahu zikrun kathira that all people of Iman, men and women both, you must make a lot of zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because only when you make zikr of Kathir outside Salah will you get the zikr of Allah ta'ala inside Salah. That's why we have to make amal of zikr. All about feelings. Feelings of Salah, feelings of Quran, feelings of Sunnah will come to us when we make zikr of Kathir. When we remember Allah Ta'ala abundantly, when we remember Allah Ta'ala a lot, what will happen when we make the zikr? Allah Ta'ala said in the Quran, Allah bi-zikrillah tasma'inna al-kuloob. Allah hafiz tanbeel Arabic. Allah means be aware, listen attentively, be well informed. Bi-zikrillahi. Ba means only, only and only in the zikr of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Actually, those of you who know Arabic, more technically speaking, so by placing Zikrillah first and Tatminu second, that's where you get the translation of only. So be well aware that only and only in the Zikr of Allah SWT will the spiritual heart ever find its Minan content. The reason I open the translation for you there for you to understand. The ulama of Tafsir, they don't just do dictionary translation of Quran. They understand the grammar, the linguistics, the structure, and that gives them even a more robust and deep translation, let alone all of the meanings that they understand of Quran. Allah bi-zikrillahi tasma'inu kulub, that know that only and only in the zikr of Allah Taala will the heart find its minah. This is what I told you in the beginning, that this is what everybody wants. This is our dream, to have its minah. This is our dream. Now there are two types of itminan. <coughs> One is itminan in the dunya. <coughs> what does that mean? That means that no more depression, no more tension, no more stress, no anxiety. That's not itminan in dunya. It doesn't mean Allah Ta'ala won't test a person. Allah Ta'ala will keep testing us. Allah Ta'ala sends musibah, imtihan, ibtila, test, trial, tribulation, difficulty on every single believer. <laughs> to test which one of you are the best in your amal. It's going to happen. The difference is, is that those people who have zikr of Allah and get this itminan, so the test, the difficulty, the trial comes on them, but they don't get worried, they don't panic, they don't get depressed, they don't get sad. We will explain in Urdu, ki parishaniyo un parate, magar wo parishaniyo se parishan ne hote. Or jo zikr ne karte, un par bhi parishani aate, magar itna fark hai ki wo parishaniyo se parishan ho Yes, means in English, that the zakirin, Allah will send worries on them, but they don't get worried. And if we don't do zikr, because again, Allah said in Quran, only in the zikr of Allah will you get itminah. If you don't do zikr, which zikr is the one Allah says, zikr is 
If you don't do a lot of zikr, then when the difficulties come, your heart will get worried. You will get stressed. <coughs> then what happens? The mistake the person makes then <coughs> is that the ups and downs of their dunya cause them to have ups and downs in their deen. And that's not right. But that happens. Sometimes there may be a woman, let's say, it's a very unfortunate, tragic thing. And let's say somebody hurt her, her husband was not kind to her, her children were mean to her. And that's a test from Allah Ta'ala. That's a very sad thing to happen. But you can't let it affect your deen. The reaction cannot be to sit there and stare out the window and be sad. No. You'd, and, and miss the salah that you normally did, miss the zikr that you normally did, delay the praying salah, letting the door continue and continue and continue because you don't feel my praying because you're so depressed <coughs> over what happened. And then right at the end, you look at the timetable and 10, 15 minutes before Asr, then you quickly pray the door. That's not right. The ups and downs of the dunya should not cause us to have a problem in our deen. Our deen should be in the state of itminan. Our deen should continue, should be steadfast. We should have this nikama. Who would be like that? Which believer would be like that? That the ups and downs of the dunya don't affect their deen. It will only be the zakirin mu'mineen. Allah bi-zikrillah in the guru. Because everybody, one of us wants this. And then if a person does a lot of zikr, so Allah has mentioned a category of some special zakirin in Qur'an. They're called awliya. Allah tells us about them in Qur'an. Allah inna awliya Allahi la khawfun alayhim wa la hum yahdalu. That they are such lovers of Allah Ta'ala, such friends of Allah Ta'ala, pure muttaqeen, salihin, that now Allah Ta'ala issues a statement about them in Qur'an. La khawfun alayhim. There will be no fear on them. No external worry on them. There will be no grief, sadness in them, no internal worry in them. And that verse is available in this world. This world. This is the sifat of a person in Jannah. No hope, no hope. You can get it in this world. That level of itminan is dunya. Allah Ta'ala put it all there in our deen. And where is it in our deen? Allah make a lot of zikr of Allah SWT. This is the real feeling, the real feeling of being. Then we will get all feelings of Quran and all feelings of Sunnah. Then there's another type of minan, but it's minan to be. What does that mean? It's minan to deen means two things. Number one, like Allah tells us in the Quran, Ya ayyukahan nafsun mutma'inna, ibzi'i ila rabbihi raviyatun marziyya. What is that nafsun mutma'inna? The person has itminan on their deen. It has nothing to do with dunya now. This is talking about another type of itminan. Number one, it means that they're mutma'in, they're happy, content, absolutely pleased with every single command of Allah SWT, every wish of Allah Ta'ala. Like we say in English, your wish is my command. Huh? They're not looking at the farz. Is it sunnah? Is it nafil? They don't, they don't say your command is my command. They say your wish is my command. Your will is my command. Your preference is my command. Your pleasure is my command. Why? Because my pleasure is your pleasure, Allah. I have it on deen. 
I'm only Muqmin Amdi. Perfect example of this is me and you right now are in a state of fasting and Alhamdulillah we are Muqmin. But since we were happily fasting, nobody has forced us to do it, there's been no coercion, no compulsion, we completely on our own Itminan, 100% Muqmin, we're happy to fast. We're pleased to be fasting. That's called Nafsi Muqminna. If that person, Muqmainna, who is as pleased with every hukam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as me and you are pleased with this hukam of fasting. You're as pleased with every wish of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as me and you are pleased with this hukam of fasting. That's called Nafsi Muqminna. So that's the first meaning of having Itminan as in terms of Deen, that we are happy on Deen. Now, no pleasure lies for us outside the halal. Every and any pleasure is always to be found inside the halal. That's called mutmainna. <coughs> Second meaning is that we can itminan from the deen. What does it mean? Namaz, salah is our sukoon. Dua is our sukoon. If we're depressed, we turn to Allah. Some sadness happens, difficulty happens. We sit on the musalla. All of our pleasure, our itminam, sukun, tranquility, contentment, peace, all of it comes from thee. This is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Otherwise, many believers, they look for their source of pleasure elsewhere. Now one thing is haram pleasure, obviously that's haram. But some of us are caught up too much in what we call halal Halal recreation and entertainment. And we do that halal recreation and entertainment for the sake of itminam. Whereas Allah said in the Quran about the believers, that they turn away from love. What is love? It's not halal. Love means it's halal, but it's pointless activity, wasted time, futile, without any benefit. What we call halal recreation and entertainment. So they're mu'ridun, they turn away from that entirely. Why? I mean you can understand that. That what he's saying is so difficult as it is to stray from haram. Yes, you're right. For most of us we should keep just focusing on that. But we have to again be guided by Qur'an. Allah Ta'ala is showing us in Qur'an that there's a level of hudallul muttaqeen, which is a level of feeling, that a person can reach this level through being, that they feel so much itminan from deen, they're completely uninterested in halal entertainment. Mu'ridun, they turn away from all the halal entertainment. Why? It's not going to happen. I can't tell you to do that. It will only happen when a person has this feeling of itminan in their heart. When they get the true enjoyment, they're not interested in anything else. Look, you will see that there's some people that if they sit, maybe tonight at Maghrib this may happen to you, that they sit on the desk of Allah and their favorite dish is there. This is not relax. I have itminan. I don't want to eat anything else. I'm not interested in anything else. Many of us ye That's exactly like the people of Nafsa Mutminna are when it comes to being. They're not interested in any other type of recreation. They have no other concept of leisure. They have no other concept of pleasure except deen. Only and only deen is their itminan. So when they become like that, then look how, when they start feeling like that, Look in Quran how Allah starts feeling about them. Allah tells them, Ibji Now you come back. Now you return to your love. Now your love is yearning for you. Your love is excited to meet you. Ibji. 
You were so pleased. All your desire was indeed. All your pleasure was indeed. Mardiya, Allah is saying, now all my pleasure is for you. Enter into my Jannah. Enter into my blessed ibad, service of slaves that will live in Jannah forever. This is a feeling. This nafsim mukminna is again, it's a feeling. Now, yes, if you can recite this ayah with tajweed, Ya ayyukahad nafsim mukminna. Okay, you know word for word English or Urdu translation of this ayah. That's not why this ayah was revealed. This ayah was revealed to get the feeling, to live the hakikat of this ayah, to feel the feeling of this ayah. That's our connection, real connection with Quran. That's really Quran. After the Quran are those people whose life and lifestyle embody the feeling of every single ayah of Quran. They're feeling Quran. This is it, you know. We have to get this zikr. The more zikr we do, the more we will get these feelings. The less zikr we do, the less we will get these feelings. And because Allah loves us and He wants us to have a lot of feelings, therefore He told us in Quran to do a lot of zikr, so don't think that zikr in Quran is something separate. No. Ilm is one way to get the meanings of Quran, and zikr is the way to get feelings of Quran. So because Ramadan is the month of Quran, it means it's also the month of zikr. In fact, zikr is the most important thing that is related to Quran. Because again, it's through zikr that we will get the feelings of Quran which is the Asr of Quran. Now I want to tell the women, specifically, that don't think this path of zikr is just for men. <coughs> no. Allah Ta'ala made a clear Quran, وَالذَّاكِرِينَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا وَالذَّاكِرَاتِ وَالذَّاكِرِينَ And those male believers who remember Allah Ta'ala excessively, وَالذَّاكِرَاتِ And those women believers who remember Allah Ta'ala excessively, this also you will never be able to understand from word for word translation. This is a principle of grammar. That Zakirat is Atafism Zakirin, therefore the Allah Kathira is also for the women. If you just look at translation, many people mistranslate it. And the man will remember Allah, 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 and the women will remember Allah. Period. No, the Allah also applies to the women. But that's there in the sentence structure of the grammar. Well, Zakirat. Those women who remember Allah abundantly. So every one of you here today, and any one of you listening ever, and every one of you should tell all of the women in your circle that, oh my friend, my sister, there is a word in Quran called Zakirat. We have to become from the Zakirat. This is why we were created. This is why we exist. This is why Quran was sent to us, not just to recite this word or to translate this word, no, to become this word. To become Zakirat. In fact, I'll tell you, the word Alimat is not in Quran. Yes? The word Alimat is not in Quran. The word Zakirat is in Quran. More important, more important that we do the zikr of Allah and feel the Quran. Everyone should make that intention. And, you know, in early times, let me tell you the history of Muslim women in our Ummah. So you can try to reclaim that history as well. For the first 1200 years of Hamdulillah, <coughs> the first 1200 years 
of our ummah, the majority, yes, the majority of mu'minat were salihah. The majority of women believers were very virtuous, very pious. They didn't really go out much in society unless necessary. They preserved their hayah, like say the Maryam Allah preserved her hayah. They used to do a lot of ibadah in their own home. You know, the women used to do so much ibadah that in the books of fiqh, there's a masna written. That's called <coughs> Masjid al-Bayt. This start, what was the history of this? <coughs> there were some women, because they did so much ibadah, they wanted to make a masjid in their home. Yes, for themselves. It could even just be a room. could even be a corner of a room. So this was then called by the jurist Masjid al-Bayt. So from this you get an idea, how much about it these women were doing. Then, these women used to themselves teach children Qur'an. There was no concept of outsourcing our children to the Masjid Maktab. No. To the Qur'an Academy. To the Qur'an Institute. No, the women were teachers themselves. Now, we're not criticizing today. Today, if the women, mothers aren't doing it, so obviously we're happy that the Masjid, Maktab, etc. are doing it. But think about that. Imagine that golden time in history. There's no concept of maktab. They would be ashamed. What do you mean? I need somebody else to teach my children Quran? Just like today, many women, they pride themselves in Allah, I don't take any help. I do everything for my child myself. You don't do everything. What do you mean by everything? I cook their food myself. I do their homework myself. I change their clothes myself. Alhamdulillah. But don't you see the biggest thing missing? Huh? I do everything for my children myself. But I don't teach them Qur'an, my friend. See? <laughs> different type of mothering. <laughs> what happened now is the Mu'min, the Mu'mina mother, she's no different from the atheist mother. If she gives me the list of her things, what does she do? It's the same thing the atheist does. I wake them up, I give them breakfast, I get them ready, I come from the school, I pick them from school, I give them food, I make sure they shower, I make sure they do the homework, I serve them dinner, I put them to bed. You should do all of that. I'm not saying it's wonderful for you to do that. Some women may not even do that. But just think for a second, that list doesn't have anything to do with Iman on it, right? Because the atheist mother does all those things as well. Where is the Iman part of her mothering? Where is the spiritual part of her mothering? So we live in a strange time that the mothers, illa masha Allah, other than a few small percentage, don't teach your children Quran. And they don't even realize that. That's why they say, no, no, you don't understand, I'm too busy, I do everything for my children. I have to sit them down and explain there are many things you're not doing for them. You outsourced it. You know, like they say that Canada outsources some things to India, Pakistan call centers. Huh? And people don't like it here. They're like, oh, it's not the highest quality customer service anymore. But we've outsourced the edu- teaching basic Quran to children. Outsourced it to others. So the first thing years, alhamdulillah, every home was a maktab. Every mother was a mu'allim of Quran to her children. <coughs> There's a lot of parakah there. They were making so much ibadah that Masjid obeyed. They were teaching the children Qur'an. That means there was mercy in the home. Allah tells us in the Qur'an, إِذَا قُرَيْهُ الْقُرْآنِ فَاسْتَمِعُوذُهُ وَأَنْسُوُ That when the Qur'an is being recited, listen to it intently and be absolutely silent. لَأَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُودُ Because the mercy of Allah comes down when the Qur'an is being recited. So when our children used to recite Qur'an in our own homes with their mothers, we used to get that rahma in our home. Masjid Masjid already a center of rahma. We decided to outsource this source of rahma to Masjid also. 
that maktab of Qur'an to be in masjid. <coughs> Children should recite Qur'an in masjid, but must they get additional rahmah? Hmm? So it's different. We're living in different times. Different times. Then the women, they used to get ill. How? They were acting the whole history of the first 1200 years of Islam, other than one or two small exceptions. There has never been a formal, full-fledged institution of Islamic learning just for women. Why? Because women would learn such dear needs either from a macram man, meaning their husband, their brother, their father, their son, or from a female alama. Many great women scholars have lived in the Sumat and they will learn from them. Alright. Now what happened in recent history? Let's look in because most people in this community are from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh background. So when these countries when India Pakistan became independent from British, so all the master making a lot of mothers. And they thought that they would have some type of independence and there would be some type of society chaos. Very quickly, by the fifties and sixties it became clear. That this is not going to be a society of Hayat. Even if it's Pakistan, even if it's Muslim majority. Or not. In the 1960s, there were few ulama, both in India and Pakistan, who made a very radical decision at that time. You can call it pioneering decision, visionary decision. What? That we are going to open up the Darulum for women. That just like we are formally training men full time in the disciplines of Islamic learning, we are going to train women full-time in the disciplines of Islamic learning. And for many of the ulama initially, they were skeptical, they thought it wasn't right, maybe thought women shouldn't leave their homes. But these ulama responded, no, they will even live with us. They can even come as boarding students. That's how important it is to give women complete knowledge of classical Arabic, deep tafsir, not just translation, deep tafsir Qur'an, not just translation of Hadith, but deep understanding of the classical commentaries of Hadith, etc. And it didn't take four, five, six, seven years to do it. They were visionaries, they started. And then when all of the rest of the ulama saw the incredible benefit in this, that in the 70s, more and more started opening. In the 80s and 90s, there was a mushroom. And by now, in 2014, the number of full-time dedicated institutions of Islamic learning providing full-time higher education in Uloop to women in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh is more than any part of the Muslim world today and more than any time in Muslim history. This is something that feminists don't know. And I find it amazing sometimes when I travel that some women who are immigrants or descendants of immigrants from these same countries, they're not even aware of the great tradition of Islamic learning for women that are known as the women's Darulums so this is an institution, a way of learning. This is an incredible thing. So just like that, that the women have to formally acquire ilm in the same way that the men do, just like that, the women should formally learn zikr in the same way that the men do, so that we need the women out once again to reclaim this Quranic heritage of theirs to become shakira. You see, the Ummah needs Zakirat mothers, Zakirat wives, Zakirat sisters, Zakirat sons. No doubt we also need Zakirin, fathers and husbands and brothers and sons. But that's when I give the main men's program. Because I'm addressing you. We want you to become Zakirat. That's the teaching of Quran al Then you will get the feelings. Then you will get the feelings.
So the last thing to do for you today is how can I become from the Nagana? Right? Yes. Now that can be a long topic. So I'm going to tell you two things. Two ways to increase your zikr inside Salah and two ways to increase your zikr outside Salah. We'll start with that today. Two ways to increase your zikr inside Salah and two ways to increase your zikr outside Salah. Because Allah in Quran has mentioned we need zikr in both. First, I already just recited to you about Akimah Salah for the zikr. Second, they're people that their trade, commerce, buying, selling, nothing they do in the world. No worldly activity. Even when they're in the heat of it, sick of it, earning the world, acquiring the world, that cannot distract them from the zikr of Allah. Means they're doing zikr outside ibadah all the time. Al-Qimasadah zikr means they're doing zikr inside ibadah all the time. That person who does zikr inside ibadah and does zikr outside ibadah, they're called Dakrin and Dakrin. So we will tell you two ways to do zikr in and two ways to do zikr out. First, because salah is the most ahem ibadah in terms of what we offer, right? Hajj in one meaning is ahem and another lihasi. Salah is ahem. Two ways to make zikr of Allah Ta'ala inside your salah. And nothing to do with Translation and academic intellectual activity. It has to do with your heart. Alright? It has to do with your heart. First easy way. First step. Entry point. Easiest way. Most accessible way. If a person is a complete beginner, they say, I feel nothing in my salah. I never feel sick in my salah. I don't remember Allah's salah. I'm always remembering dunya. Or at best, my mind and heart is blank. Okay, so to begin at the beginning, fix your sajda. Feel the zikr of Allah Ta'ala inside your sajda. Allah Ta'ala said in the Quran, I will recite it in English because it applies to sujood. Make sajda and get qurb. Make sajda and get qurb to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. It means Allah telling us in the Quran that sajda is maqam of qurb. Again, it's a feeling. These are feelings. We need to get the feeling of qurb in our sajda. And the greatest chance we have of getting that feeling of qurb is in our sajda. Can you imagine, right, how, I don't think maybe I can explain to you how devastating our spiritual diagnosis is if a woman says I'm not able to remember Allah Can you imagine that first she does wudu, that itself is ibadah. Wudu should have softened her heart, melted her heart. Her heart was supposed to be doing zikr of Allah in wudu. Okay, she stands in her musalla. She says, Allahu Akbar, takbir al-tahrima. She says farewell to the world and all that it contains. Still it doesn't melt her heart. She recites Surah Fatiha. Still it doesn't melt her heart. She recites some more Quran. Still it doesn't melt her heart. She goes into ruku. Still it bodily zikr. Now her body is doing zikr. Bound to Allah. Still it doesn't melt her heart. She says, Tasbih still it doesn't melt her heart. She stands up and even tells herself that Allah Ta'ala hears all these praises. And then she offers praise to Allah Ta'ala, still doesn't melt her heart. She goes all the way down the most bodily zikr you can do, Sadda. And she says, Tasbih and she says, I don't feel anything in my sadda. Hmm? <coughs> Imagine how hard that heart must 
that part has become. Hmm? And after all of that, he still said, I don't give any corp to Muhammad. But fix your sadda first. Linger in sadda. Make me and I'm going down in sadda, not just to say subhanallah three times. That's not complete deed. Why are you stuck just on words and meanings and translation over the feelings? Yes, I'm going. Tell your children this when you teach them. Don't just teach them this when we go in sadda, we say this three times. That's it. Next. Move on. How could you move on? You think you've taught your children what sadda is? You think that's all the definition of sadda that you have to say this must be three times? And you, where is the understanding? People read and they don't understand Quran. It's in Quran. Make sadda get kurb. When are you going to tell your children that? That, oh my daughter, we make sadda and we say these sentences three times in order to get the kurb of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So my dear sweet daughter, make sure that when you go in sadda, yes you say the three sentences, but make sure you feel the qurb of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So sadda is for qurb. That's what we should have taught. Rajit, Allah subhanahu You make that niyyah. Now, let me show you what I told you about feelings. You know the word subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tell I'll tell you the meaning very quickly. Subhana. Subhan means that Allah ta'ala is Amazing, incredible, incredibly amazing. More technically it means Allah Ta'ala has every wonder and perfection and is free from every flaw and fault. Subhan. But that's a feeling. You're supposed to be feeling it in your heart. Next word, Rabbi. That Allah who is Subhan, that Allah who is incredibly amazing, Rabbi is my Rabb. Is my why is Allah telling us to say this in Sadda? For a feeling. Many of you probably know the Tarjuma of Rabbi. When do you feel? How much can you say you feel it? In Sadda, when I go in Sadda, I feel that Allah is mine. That amazing, incredible Allah is mine, Rabbi. You know, like when you get a nice home for years, you walk home, you get so happy, this is my house. You get a new dish set, you keep eating it, you're so happy, it's mine. Huh? You have something nice, you're happy, it's mine. This is the feeling I want you to feel. That remember that I am amazingly incredible and remember that I am yours. Rabbi, you're my love. Have you began by saying Rabbil Alameen? And now you've reached Rabbi. This is the zikr of Salah. You don't know, you're just into translation. This is the journey in one rakah. From Rabbil Alameen to Rabbi. This is the journey of feeling. Rabbil Alameen, different feeling. Rabbi, different feeling. Subhanahu Rabbi, Al-A'la. The most exalted, the most magnificent. Like if you can have, you have the most magnificent dish, you have the most best diamond, you'd be so amazed, and that is mine. Huh? How would you feel? You'd be jumping for joy. Sadda is suru. Means sadda is the feeling of joy. Of elation that this Allah is mine. Feel it. Feel it. When are you going to put your effort in this instead of putting all the world's effort in these intellectual activities? I have had women students of mine who themselves have told me that we've gone through Dora Quran ten times and we don't feel anything in Salah. I just sit them down and explain to them. They were amazed. They said, But you just told us how to feel our sadda. Nobody even bothered to tell us this. I said, didn't you go through that verse in Dora Quran? 
And fear means all the time. Yes, Allah That they remember Allah when? When they're standing and all the time. And when they're sitting all the time. And when they're lying down all the time, they're standing. All the while they're standing. Sitting and lying down. What does this mean? You can only be in one of three physical postures your whole life. You will either be standing, sitting, or lying down. So this is the expression Allah Ta'ala is using. It means that they remember Allah Ta'ala all the time. All the time. So this is something Allah Ta'ala wants us to do. How can I do that? Remember Allah Ta'ala all the time. Because people normally come up with a couple of things. They say, number one, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to talk to remember Allah Ta'ala all the time. You're not too busy to do this zikr. Because the zikr remembering Allah Ta'ala all the time, you have to do it along with everything else that you do. While you're busy, your still heart is busy doing zikr. That's what it means. While my mind and body are busy engaged in some work of this world, my heart remains busy engaged in the zikr of Allah Subhanahu How to do this is very easy. All you have to do is make niyyah. All the time, keep making niyyah that, Ya Allah, my soul, my heart is remembering you. Me, I'm working, my heart is remembering you. I'm driving to drop my kids in school, my heart is remembering you. I'm picking up the children, my heart is remembering you. I'm doing the housework, my heart is remembering you. If you work, I'm in office, and if you work in a halal, Sharia compliant way, you can then make the niyyah that, Ya Allah, I'm at work, my heart is remembering you. I'm sitting with my family, but my heart is remembering you. I'm shopping, my heart is murmuring you. Whatever you do, you will obviously consciously do the activity. You will have to consciously go shopping, driving, sitting, doing the homework, tutoring them in their homework. At the same time, consciously just make a need that, Ya Allah, my heart is remembering you. That's it. That's a simple secret. That's the first step. Another way to develop this further. If heart is remembering Allah, how? So the basic level is just make niyat that your heart is remembering. Second level, make niyat that your heart is remembering and try to be aware, conscious, try to feel that remembrance. This is called shu'ur in Arabic. What does that mean? Try to feel feelings in your heart for Allah SWT. For example, feeling of sugar, feeling of tobacco. All the time try to feel some feeling for Allah SWT. You don't open up your fridge, feeling of sugar. Your kids come back from school, everything was fine, there was no problem at school. Shukr, who did that? Allah Ta'ala. Your husband comes back from work, everything was fine, you shukr to Allah Ta'ala. Right? You wanted your kids to wake up in time, they woke up in time, you shukr to Allah Ta'ala. You wanted them to have breakfast, they had breakfast, you shukr to Allah Ta'ala. All the time, along with your outward actions, your heart should keep having inward feelings for Allah Ta'ala. Another way you can practice this is use the Asma'al Husna. Allah said that to Allah Ta'ala belong the infinitely beautiful names. Turn to Allah Ta'ala by means of those names. So for example, you just take any name, let's say Abdullah, and all day try to feel it. In other words, it's not enough to believe that Allah Ta'ala is Abdullah. You have to feel that Allah is being Abdullah with me. Again, it's all about him. All of us know Allah Ta'ala is Abdullah. We have to feel that Allah Ta'ala is being al with me. Feel it. Feel it. 
practice that. Maybe it may take you a few days to get this name down. Then all the time you're feeling for this meat, anytime you eat, you feel Allah Ta'ala is feeding me. Anytime you get anything, any bounty, blessing, shopping, Allah Ta'ala gave it to me. Allah Ta'ala did the shopping to me. Yes, in what person's friend? Or Allah al Kareem. Yes, but it's al Kareem. Kareem was me. The key time to feel it, another way you can feel it, is just remember the verses in Quran where Allah Ta'ala talks about Himself and us. For example, Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, the Allah with you wherever you are. Feel it. Feel it. Spend the whole day just practicing this exercise. I'm going to feel that Allah is with me all the time. Not enough to translate it, not enough to recite it. We have to feel it. Allah says that I'm close to you. Feel it. Feel that quote. Have ashas of that quote. So this is the first way to do it if you're outside Salah. I gave you many examples. Heart should always be feeling feelings for Allah subhanahu wa or at the very least, you make niyyah that my heart is remembering Allah at the start of every activity. Second way to make dhikr of Allah outside Salah is the first way was that I'm remembering Allah Ta'ala when I'm doing something else, also driving, working, teaching, etc. The second way to remember Allah Ta'ala outside Salah is that I'm going to remember Allah Ta'ala only. I won't be doing anything else also. Obviously this you can't do all the time. So this Allah Ta'ala told us in Qur'an. فَإِذَا فَغَوْتَ That when you become free, so when you're free from your halal job, when you're free from your housework, when you're free from tending to the needs of your husband and children, when you are free, then you will do this thing. When you're free, be steadfast, be strong. What does it mean? Don't get lazy. Don't go for leisure, pleasure, recreation, entertainment. Have firm resolve. And do what, Allah? And turn towards your love. Same thing, and turn only and only. Towards your Rabb, only only towards your Rabb should you turn in Rabba, in yearning and longing. So just only and only, that's what I told you, zikr only. So when you're free, not all your free time, some free time, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, maybe once a day, maybe twice a day, depending on your schedule, you want to make zikr with this intention, that you want to do amal on this first. You want to feel this verse. You want to use part of your free time to only remember Allah. Okay, how will we do that? Again, Allah says in And make zikr of your Rabb inside yourself. What is inside ourself is our ruh. What's the part of our ruh that does zikr? So you will make me uh, intention that Ya Allah, I'm withdrawing all my awareness from the world, focusing all my awareness on my batin, on my ruh, on the heart of my ruh, my kalb, and making me that my kalb, my spiritual heart, is making zikr of only you. Then you need something to focus on because the person's mind wanders. That's how I explain in Quran. What good isman abik, what the battal ilayhi tafiza. That make zikr of the name of your <coughs> Rabb. The name of our Rabb is Allah. This is 
blessed name, Allah says in Quran, that the name of your Rabb, just his name, Allah, has a lot of barakah. So we want to get the barakah of that name in our heart, by making niyat of our heart, by making zikr of that name. <coughs> it means to make zikr of the name of Allah only in your heart and focus on it so much that everything else goes out of focus. Thus, this is called zikr filming. This is the second way you should do zikr outside salah. The two ways we mentioned to do zikr inside salah, the two ways we mentioned to do zikr of the heart outside salah. <laughs> etc. What we need is zikr of the heart because it's our heart that has become absent. In Salah, our tongue is already making zikr. When we say we don't feel anything, it's because our heart. So the zakirat are those mu'minat whose hearts are always making zikr of Allah. So we give you two ways inside Salah that our heart can make zikr of Allah. Two ways outside Salah, that our heart can make the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. If we, inshallah, we practice these four ways and we learn the zikr, then we'll get the feelings of zikr, then we'll get the feelings of Quran and the feelings of Sunnah in our life. May Allah Ta'ala accept us in this month of Ramadan to become a person of feeling. May He put in our heart the feelings of zikr. May He join our hearts to the zakirin because Allah Ta'ala told us in Quran. They are going to be such people who do already do a lot of zikr. But just like we take our tafsir from Muqasirin, we take our hadith from Muhammadin, we take fiqh from Fuqaha, we take our zikr from the Zabirin. We make dua that Allah Ta'ala accept this intention from us. So before we end with dua, we will practice the short kind of zikr of the heart. And before we do that, we want to make a special dua together. This is known as Ishtimai Tawbah. Allah said in Quran, Tubu ilallahi jami'ah. Then make Tawbah to Allah Ta'ala all together. Ayyuhal mu'minun, O all believers, men and women. Why? La'allakum tuflihun. So that you may all be successful in your Tawbah. The ulama wrote this, why? Because when we make Tawbah together as a group, seeking Allah's forgiveness for ourselves and for one another, then if anyone in their heart was true, made tawbah al nusur, was really sincere about repenting from sin and changing themselves, then Allah Ta'ala will send His mercy not just on that one person in the gathering, but on the whole gathering. So we should all make hands of tawbah. And secondly, those women who want to learn more about zikr, then inshallah you will get some information from the other women, some of the women students of zikr who are here, and you can learn more online, learn more about the practices, teachings. As I told you, we have tafsir of the entire Quran in English on the website. You can listen to that as well. And those of you who want to formally learn zikr, you can make that niyyah. Say, Ya Allah, I want to attach my heart to the tradition of these Zakri and Mashai. I want to make niyyah of learning zikr, make niyyah of becoming a student of Tazkiyah. You can make that niyyah as well. So let's all make the niyyah of Tawbah. And Ya Allah, I thank you for giving us for all the sins I ever did. In the future, Ya Allah, I want to live my entire life seeking your pleasure, my entire life following the Sunnah of your blessed Messenger, and I want to live in that you do my tazkiyah, that you help me in my salah, that you purify me of my sins, soften my heart, fill my heart with your love, grant me the feelings of deen, feelings of Quran, 
feelings of Sunnah, I make Tawbah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, accept you for me on this day, in this month of Ramadan, in this state of fasting, to recite some words of Iman and Iqtar, so we can make this Ishtamai Tawbah, and repeat after me, Bismillah Rahman Rahim, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, Amantu Billahi, Malaikatihi, Wakutubihi, Wadusulihi, Waliyomil Akhiri, Walkudri, Hayrihi, Washanrihi, in Allah Ta'ala, Walbakti, Bakdalmo, Amantu Billahi, Kamahua, Yasmaihi, Pasifatihi, Pasabiltu, Jamia, Ahkamihi, Ikradum, Bilisani, Matasikum, Bilkalb, Ashadu Allah ilaha, Illallahu, Wa Ashadu Anna, Muhammadan, Abduhu wa Rasuluh Astaghfirullaha Rabbi Min kulli zanbin Wa atubu ilayh Astaghfirullaha Rabbi Min kulli zanbin Wa atubu ilayh Sallallahu ta'ala Allah Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in birahmatika ya arhamar rahimin Alhamdulillah by reciting these words we all make tawbah till the Quran comes together one way of doing amal on that verse in the Quran we make dua with Allah accept our tawbah those women or men who make niyyah, so they want to begin the journey on the path of tazkiyah, make the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, or practice the two zikr inside salah that I mentioned, practice the two zikr outside salah I mentioned, 24 hours all the time, remind our heart to feel feelings for Allah Ta'ala. <coughs> In our free time, take 10, 15, 20 minutes to do special zikr of Allah Ta'ala from our heart, make sure you recite Qur'an every day, make this day far from the time of Astaghfirullah, and I'm even to live under what you will every day. Recite salawat, drushik on the Prophet 100 times every day. Allahumma salli ala sallam ala sallam. Wa ala ala sallam ala sallam ala sallam. Inshallah, if you combine these three zikrs of the tongue, the loudest is the far and the rude, along with the zikrs of the heart that we talk, inshallah, we can be on track to be convinced of the dark green and dark red. So before we make dua, practice that short, silent zikr. Close your eyes, bow your head, and disconnect yourself from everything in the world. Disconnect yourself from your own self. Make me that Ya Allah deep in myself and my ruh to the heart of my ruh, my salvah. And I'm turning to you with all of my heart in remembrance of you, with exclusion of everything else. And make me that my salvah is silently, humbly calling your name, that my salvah is doing to hear Allah, Allah, Allah. Allah, 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 Allah,